0: I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. be be. And I will have what it says I can have. have have. Today, Today, I will hear the Word of God. I I boldly declare declare that my mind is alert. my alert. My My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. Never be the same. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your presence. I thank you for your people. And I pray, Father, that as we have gathered today, that we're in a mode of expectation. Father, this is a year to move forward, and we're going to move forward in our lives, in our families, in our careers, in our businesses, in our spiritual life, and even in our church. And so as I step back now, I ask that the Holy Spirit will step up. As I decrease now, I ask for you to increase. And I pray that you will anoint my mind, my thoughts, my lips, and my heart so that The incorruptible seed of your word will not just be spoken, but will be received in every heart. And I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to change our lives as we apply it, as we leave this place. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We're in a series entitled Faith to move forward. Look at your neighbor and say, faith, faith. To, move forward. to move forward. And this series, of course, is directly tied to our 2013 theme and direction for our church. And last week, the message title was called Faith in Our High Priest. And it was a very educational as well as inspirational message. So Uh, I would encourage you to purchase the CD or go to the podcast on the website or just go to the WOT phone app and listen for absolutely free. Now today I'm going to be closing this particular series and our topic, if you're taking notes, I want you to write it down, is order to move forward order to move forward and even though this could have been in my opinion the first message in our series I believe it fits perfectly to close out our series today and so the goal of today's message is to show you what happens when you put things in divine order amen And I believe the application of this message will pay huge dividends in your personal life, financial life, spiritual life, physical life, and your relationship lives. Amen? I want you to find two verses of Scripture quickly. I want you to find Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 25, Matthew 6, 25. And then I want you to turn over to Romans chapter 8, verses 5. I'll say those again. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25. And then Romans chapter 8, verses 5. Now, I'm going to actually give you a verse. You don't have to turn there. Just listen to it. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40. It says, let all things be done decently and in order. Now, the context of that verse was actually giving reference to the manifestation or the use of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which was tongues, interpretation, and those kind of things. And many times when we hear that that verse that I just read, we see it as a church verse and not a personal verse. But the principle still applies regardless of what area you're looking at it from. And we need to look at that particular verse as a personal verse and not just a church verse today. And what I'm going to be doing is showing you how, and I want to appeal to your intellect today. I want you to literally think about what I'm saying today because, see, what you don't realize, and they say it all the time, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, I'm going to say the mind is the most powerful thing that you have. And if I can just appeal to how you think today, your life can change for the better. Now, just write this down. Divine order is never by accident, but must be applied purposefully. In other words, divine order doesn't just happen. You have to make it happen. Just like when you get up in the morning. You don't automatically, your clothes don't automatically come on you. You have to purposely put them on. And divine order is that way. In other words, the way God sets some things up, God actually has a way that he wants things done first. He has an order about how he does things. And most of us, what we don't do is we don't really consider the order that God has. And so our lives are not particularly in divine order. And when it's not in divine order, there are some benefits of having a life under the order of God. Can you say amen to that? So if you're taking notes, here's the first point that I want to jump into because I want to make sure I finish my lesson this morning and finish the series out. The first point is this. There must be order to properly move forward. There must be order. Everybody say order. There must be order to properly move forward. I mean, you can just Think about it. If you are in a traffic jam and it's tight where everybody's bumper to bumper to bumper, you cannot move until the first car moves. In other words, the thing that's first must move in order for the thing that's second to benefit. Amen. Now, go to Matthew chapter 6. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read that verse. I love this verse. This is one of the first verses that I learned as a believer. Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 5. It's a little lengthy, but I'm going to point out some things to you in just a second. Uh, Matthew 25, 6, 25. It says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and your body more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. They don't have a savings account. But yet, your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, Are you not much more better than a bird? He says, which of you by taking thought can add cubic unto his stature? In other words, how can you worry and make yourself taller or grow? He says, and why take you thought for raiment or clothing? He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore now take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or how shall we be clothed? For after all these things... Everybody say, All these things. All these things things do the Gentiles seek. Now I just want to point out here that everything that we just read food, water, clothing, that kind of thing. These are natural necessities. These are things that we need and these are things that we go to work for. He says, however, your heavenly father knows you have need of all these things. So he says, but seek ye what class? Everybody say that's order. Seek ye first the what? Kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be what? Add it unto you. Verse 34. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. And sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now I love the the Amplified Bible. It says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given to you besides. The... Uh, the living Bible says, but your heavenly father already knows perfectly well that you need them and he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. In other, in other words, when we begin to order our lives in a biblical way, God sees the needs that we have in our lives and he adds those needs to us as long as we stay in divine order. And many of us have to meet our own needs because we are out of biblical order. And see, that's why the devil's smart. He wants us to stay busy. He, don't wanna, he, want us, he want our lives to be so tangled up. And that's why, you know, we don't have time. Oh, I didn't have time to read. Well, you would if it was first. Oh, I didn't have time to pray. It would if it was first. Then you say, well, Pastor, I don't have a lot of time. Well, just start right there. Before you get out of the bed, as soon as you wake up, just say a prayer. Acknowledge God in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Amen. It doesn't take, see, what happens is we get deceived and say, well, I didn't pray that long. Well, how long does it take to pray? Now, Jesus said, you know, can you tarry one hour? Well, that was Jesus. (laughs) Some of y'all, he just wants you to tarry five minutes right now. So you have to start things in divine order. And the word seek, I love it. It says, the word seek means in order to find. It means to seek. Watch this. This is going to be important later on. To seek by thinking and meditating. What he was saying is seek first the kingdom of God. Seek by thinking and meditate on the kingdom of God. The word first is one of the key words in that verse. Seek first the kingdom. The word first means in time, in place, and in order of importance. Above all, he's saying, above anything you do, let the kingdom be first. Can somebody say amen to that? Now here's a question that I want to ask you. What is the first thing a person does normally before they speak in most cases? What's the first thing normally a person does before they actually speak. Somebody help me. You, huh? Speak. You have to think. Speak. Now some of us don't do that. <laughs> and that's why we have leather soles in our mouths all the time. But typically you have to think before you what? Speak. speak. And the way we think can help us keep God first... Or to hurt us from keeping God first. And I can show you what I mean. Let's go back now to Matthew 6. Let me show you something. And if you have a pen, I just want you to write something down because I didn't want to point this out at first. Let's go back to verse 25. Because I believe how we think is what determines whether we stay in divine order in our lives or not. Notice in this verse now, I'm going to point something out that you didn't see the first time. Jesus said in verse 25, 25, Therefore, I say unto you, take no, come on class, take no, no thought. Just put a one right there because he's mentioned no thought one time. He says, what you shall drink or what should you put on? He said, you shouldn't even think about that. Take no thought. Then he goes on to say in verse 26. Well, let's give verse 26, verse 27. Which of you by taking what class? There it is. Put two right there. He said, listen, don't take thought because it can't help you in this setting. Verse 28. And why take you what? Thought. There it is. Write number three down right there. How many times have you said this so far? Three times. Look in verse 31. Therefore, take no thought. Y'all see this so far. Look at verse 34. Therefore take no what? Thought "Thought. for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take what? Thought. Thought. That's six times he says in order for you to seek first the kingdom, you gotta, you gotta watch how you think. And see what happens is you speak after you think. So the only reason I say what I say is because of what I think. And the reason most of us don't have divine order or the reason God's not first in every area of our lives is because our thinking is off. And when your thinking is off, you're speaking to be off. You can't fix your mouth first and expect you to say good things. You have to fix your thinking first. And that's why in Isaiah it says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Now go to Romans chapter 8. Go to Romans 8. Go to Romans 8 quickly. Go to Romans 8. Now if you're taking notes, I want you to write down this take-home statement. That's T-H-S, take-home statement, and here it is. Thinking starts before we depart. Thinking starts before we depart. In other words, before we actually do anything, we have to think first. And that's why when you find your life disoriented, when you find your life fragmented, when you find your life off, it's only because our thinking's off. And so if I can straighten my thinking out, I can straighten my life out. Y'all didn't hear what I said. If I can straighten my thinking out, I can straighten my life out. You say, well, pastors, is that easy? It's not necessarily that it's easy. It's just correct. All right. Romans chapter 8. Let me show you something about the way you think. It says, for they that are after the flesh. Watch this. Do mind, and that word mind can be used as do think about the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit. In other words, God has God first. The things that are spirit. For to be carnally minded, the word "carnal" also means flesh. Fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and what? Peace. Because the carnal mind is what? It's an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. So then, they that are after the flesh cannot please God. We're saying, this is what he's saying. If I don't have my thinking in a spiritual way, I can't please God. Because if my thinking is off, my divine order is going to be off. Because if I'm not thinking the way God wants me to think, I'm not going to do what he would want me to do. And when you learn this lesson right here, you know what? It doesn't matter if you shout. Because this lesson right here can change how you think. See, many people are trying to do right first when you really need to think right first. The reason you have a problem tithing is because you have to think right first. The reason you have a problem fornicating instead of being a celibate single is because your thinking is wrong. The reason why you don't have a solid marriage is because you don't have a solid mind when it comes to marriage. See, you got to think the way God thinks. When you think the way he thinks, then you'll see the way he sees. When you see the way he sees, you will say what he says. And when you say what he says, you will have what you say. Are you are with me this morning? So you and I, we have to purpose. To straighten our thinking out because our thinking changes uh, the order of what we do. Now, here's point number two. I want you to write this down. Where there is order, there is increase. I'm going to say that again. Where there is order, there is increase. Now, go back to Matthew chapter 6. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. I want to just use this as our primary text. Matthew 6. Where there is order, there is increase. Let me say it this way. When God is first, we we can expect increase in our life. You know what's funny? God has set this thing so that if we'll just maintain him first in our lives, we can really have more than what we need. I mean... I know many of us are striving trying to get to the top all you got to do is strive to stay in divine order and the world is smart because the goal of the world is to pull us out of divine order so we're out of order and when you get out of order you got to make it for yourself watch this watch this there must be when there's order there is increase now go to Matthew 6 look in verse 33 are you there say I'm there Watch this now. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everybody say, that's order. And it's righteousness. And then watch, watch what happened. All these things shall be what? Man, I love the word added because when you look the word added up, it means increase. As a matter of fact, write down Luke chapter 17 verse 5. It's when Jesus said and his his apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. That word increase is the same Greek word for the word over here added. So the word added means increase. So when I'm seeking God's kingdom first, when God is first in my life, when he's first in my family, when he's first in my personal life, when he's first on my job, when he's first in my finances, when he's first in my marriage, guess what? He's going to add whatever I need in that area. And the word add means to increase. Amen. Now here's what I think. This is Because when, when you're not thinking straight, you can't act straight. And here's why I believe most people, the kingdom of God is not first. It's because we forget that if God is first, we, must, we, we will always be second. In other words, if he's first, he's going to make sure I'm second. In other words, as long as I give him his, he's going to give me what's mine. And so what we do, we just look at, oh, I got to give me God first. I got to put him first. And see, we, we looked at, at that as a sacrifice when at the end of the day, if I'm putting him first, he's going to put me second. So he said, you know what? When you put me first, you don't even have to be like a bird. Birds don't even know where their next meal's going to come from. He said, they don't even have a barn to store food. He says, but I'll make sure they eat every single day. He says, if you just think about that and know that in your heart and you keep me first, I'll make sure you get everything you need. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we forget that if God is first, He'll make us second. Now, in 1 Kings, go to 1 Kings, go to 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. I want to read this, and I've, I'm using two or three examples in this area because if you notice, in Matthew 6:33 or 6:25 through 33, notice that God was actually, uh, everything that He said He would do was in the natural. He said, I'll make sure you have clothes, I'll make sure you have food, I'll make sure you have your necessities met. So what is it about that that we need to learn? Where in 1 Kings 17, let me show you this example in verse 13. 1 Kings 17, 13, it says, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as you have said, but make me a little cake. Everybody say first. See, that's divine order. See, what happened is she was lacking in her life. She only had one meal left. And he says, You know what? I know you think that uh you just need to eat that and you're gonna die he says but if you'll do something first i'll make sure from god everything else will come second so it says that he, she gave him he said give me a cake first and so watch what happened for thus said the lord your meal of your meal will not waste neither shall the crews of oil fail until the day the lord sends rain and she went and did according to what elijah said and she and he and her house did eat many days in other words, when she lined herself up in spiritual order, God said, give me something first. Guess what happened? Increase came. That's my point. Increase came in her life. And many of us, we're working hard for increase. Some of us got two and three jobs. Man, I tell you what, if you're just line yourself up with how God does stuff, you might be able to quit a couple of those jobs. Because ain't nothing like coming home tired, you can't do nothing. All you have strength to do is pick up the remote. <laughs> and then you don't even stay there long. You're like. <laughs> in 2nd Chronicles chapter 26, just write it down. I'm, I'm reading from verse 3. It says, Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was also Jecolia of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to his father Amaziah did. And he, Uzziah, sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding of the visions of God. And as long as he, Uzziah, sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. When God is first, God will always make sure you prosper. And, man, I learned this lesson a long time ago. I learned this lesson 26, 27 years ago. I was in college, and, uh, you know, uh, my parents, and I, God bless them, you know, and I do what I can to help them, you know. Uh, but they, they, they would send me money for some books and stuff like that, and I would tithe off the money knowing that if I gave some of the money, I wasn't going to have enough to, for the books. But I was like, well, it was increased to me. It was increased for me. So I got the check and I, I tithed. You know, it wasn't that big of a tithe. You know, if it was 250 bucks for some books, see now one book is $250. Back then, you know, you can get by four books for $250. How many remember those days? You old. That's all. That's the only reason you owe You old. You Officially old. So I would tithe off of that, right? And I would watch God bring into my presence used books free books hey man I used this book last semester you want to use it and and I would never never I would watch God you know because I used to cut hair in college and you know, I was a bootlegger come on some of us bootleg too what did you bootleg how many used to cut hair in college let me see your hand You bootleg so I was a bootlegger when it comes to haircutting and uh Man, I would just, when I was so, I would watch God bring all these people to my room, knocking on my door. Can you cut my hair? And then some of them didn't, didn't want to afford me. See, this will help you if you're a business owner. When God is first in your life, he will make people pay your price. No, no, I'm telling you what I know. Because they would come to my room. They didn't want to pay the price because I didn't come down on my price because I believed in my services. So here's my motto. You can pay me now or pay me later. And they go and let somebody jack their head up. Then they come to me. I charge them some extra. I'm not going to straighten this mess out. They're going to ask you who cut your hair. No, Eben didn't do all that. But I would watch God send increase into my life because I made him first. Before I got up in the morning to go to class, I sat and I read my Bible. I prayed and I didn't stay there no five hours. I didn't have time for that. But God respected the time that I did have. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So what am I saying? It's simple, but it's not. It's simple because if we'll just put him first, then what we want and what we need, regardless of what it is, he will make sure it's added. That reduces stress. Yeah. Because, you know that scripture, uh, in, uh, and you can just write it down. Uh, it's in, uh, let me tell you where it is real quick. It's in, uh, it says, be, be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, the word "careful" is the same word. It means anxious, but it also means that uh, uh, it, God doesn't want us to worry about anything. We really should be living a worry-free life. So here's the last thing I want to close with, right here. How do you, how do you keep God first in your thoughts? Now this is kinda, this is kind of. Uh, systematic here, but I want you to listen to me. Now, just write down, here's point number three. Let me just give you the title of point number three. Right thoughts equal God first. Right thoughts equal God first. So how do we keep God first in our right lives? First of all, you have to meditate. Second of all, you need to saturate. And then third of all, you need to communicate. I'm going to say those three again, then I'm just going to expand a little bit. You first need to meditate. Secondly, you need to saturate. And thirdly, you need to communicate. See, the word meditate means to chew on. And here's the thing. When I and you, when when you and I meditate, we're using the canvas of our imaginations to see the end result of what we want. I'm going to say that again. When you and I meditate, we're using the canvas of our imagination to see the end result. In other words, God says when you meditate on the word day and night, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Listen, giving forth fruit in its season, your leaf will never never wither and whatever you do shall prosper. So when you begin to meditate on the word, you begin to see yourself prospering. And that's why your thinking has, you have to meditate on that. Because when you start meditating on it, then what happens is, because remember, you know how uh, if you're from the country, a cow chews cud. He will eat some grass, chew it, chew it, chew it for a long time. Then he swallows it. And this is so nasty, but he regurgitates it. And he chew it and chew it and chew it. Then he swallows it again. All he's doing is meditating on the food. He's breaking it down so it's in his system. And after you begin to meditate, guess what's going to happen? Your heart will begin to be saturated. And when you are saturated with the word, can't no doubt get inside. You must saturate yourself. Now, I love Psalm 119.99. You can write it down. It says, Thy testimonies do I meditate. In other words, just take one verse every day and begin to meditate. Because let me tell you something real quick. Let me tell you something real quick. And this is why most people who play the lotto end up broken two to three years. Our minds must stay renewed because if we experience something before... Our cons- before my consistent and permanent thoughts have reached there, my thoughts will return me back to my comfort zone. I'm going to say that again. When I, If our minds, if they're not renewed, when we experience something before our minds are consistent and permanent in our thoughts we will return back to how we think. In other words, you come and you have a poverty mind and you win the lotto because your mind has not caught up with your experience, your mind will return you back to your previous state. And so what people try to do, they don't renew their minds, they just remember scripture. You said, well, what's the difference? okay, Just because you remember somebody's name doesn't mean their name's in your system. Typically, when you drink something, it's coming out of the system, right? Because it got in there. You got to meditate. You have to saturate. And then, as a result of that, you know what's going to happen? You're going to automatically communicate. Now, go back to Matthew 6, and we'll close right here. Matthew 6. I thought something interesting that Jesus said in verse 25. Verse 31, go to 31. Matthew 6, 31. He says, therefore, take no thought. What's the next word? Come on, class. You know how you can know what you're thinking? By what you're saying. Whatever you are saturated with, your mouth is going to. And you know what? We disguise it. This is how we disguise it. Can I just be real? No, I'm not asking, "Can I be real?" I'm saying that's what we do in disguising how we really feel. We say, "Can I be real?" And we'll say something completely out from the Bible and come back and say, well, I was just telling you how I feel." But well, that's fine. But how you should feel should be irre- shouldn't even matter based on the word. Because when you saturate yourself with the word, what you feel goes away because we walk by faith and not by how we feel. So even though you feel like you want to just cuss them out, you can feel it down to your bone. The way I stop cussing is I put too much word inside of me. And it says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good. When I got that in my system, I couldn't even cuss, even if I wanted to. Slam my hand, Jesus is Lord. Lord. I filled up my heart and my mind with the word how does your mind work words become thoughts thoughts become mental images and images become imaginations and imaginations become strongholds and strongholds determine our behavior and our behavior is the result of what we've chosen to believe and what we've chosen to believe is a result of the thoughts that we've had and the thoughts that we've had are the results of the words that we spoke. Are you all with me on that? Thoughts are a small installment which will over time birth a spiritual image in your mind. That's what thoughts are. Listen, don't let your thoughts start adding up when they're negative because all they are, they're installments to birth a spiritual image in your mind. And then our words become the final payment of what has been birthed in a spiritual layer of, way of my heart. You let thoughts start stacking up. What they're doing is all it's doing is creating a, a layaway for a final payment, and the final payment is, is manifested when you say what you say. Amen. So, as with every head bowed and every eye closed, I really want you to end this series.